Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to another episode of Talk Sex with Deck. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is about a guy in Los Angeles, California, who had made the decision to go through with circumcision as an adult. This is a very interesting interview, and uh, thank you to my guest today. The music is brought to you by DJ Chauncey D and Van Hector. We appreciate you allowing us to, to incorporate this into the introduction. If you enjoy, please go, and uh, the song is 53 Christopher Street, DJ Chauncey, and you can download it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your music. Thank you, and Every night, every night, every night I go Every night, every night, every night I go where I would have to put these droplets into uh, warm water and then pull back my foreskin and stick my penis in the water for like a minute. Um, and then that would clean it up or we would do whatever it needed to do uh, to rectify the issue. So that was kind of the start of some of the issues that I had with not being circumcised. And as time went by, um, I don't know how this happened. Um, I don't, it's probably very rare, but uh, my foreskin fused to the top of my um, the head of the penis, so I couldn't even pull it back. I couldn't even pull back. So okay, so we are here, and we are we are listening to the story, and I can hear it now through my headphones. Because I was having a little bit of a technical difficulty and I just needed to turn it up. So, you, there's no talks of penises in your world, and there's no talks of like how to clean your penis. You know, I don't think that parents aren't having. Why do you think that they weren't having that conversation? I think it just was a taboo subject. They didn't grow up with having those conversations with their parents and so on and so forth. So it's kind of, it's just habit that they didn't they just didn't have those conversations. It was kind of like figure out on your own, um, maybe talk to your friends. Uh, but it was just, it, it, was, it felt like it was embarrassing to talk about. It was very taboo. So there's, and I think this is an issue that a lot of people a lot of men experience like we don't really have these conversations and so there's this experience that we have as like what is sex what is our experiences so on and so forth but you had this issue where you would so let's say you did get an infection like when you would get infections would you like what would you do like was there a conversation like you could have could you like because people weren't talking about this well when i got that infection i was pretty young i would say about six seven um so i would i would go to my mom and tell her hey look like this hurts i don't know what's going on and she took me to the doctor 
Um, I don't remember exactly this conversation, but it was probably very, you know, very surface level, kind of like, oh, it hurts down there. And, that's and how old were you? Like six or seven. Sure. So your penis is like on fire yeah. and you're like saying, mom, I need some, some, some help here. And your mom doesn't know what to do, right? So it sounds like she's like, oh, we're going to go see the Armenian doctor around the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. So she would, she would take me to the, to the hospital, and then they would, they would figure out from there. But uh, even after the fact, there was no conversations about cleanliness. It was just, here, take this medicine, and then it'll work itself out. So I want to know about the medication. So what, do you know what the medication was? I don't know what the medication was. I just remember it, uh, it turned the water that it, you were supposed to put into purple for whatever reason. Um, and then once the water turned purple, that was the indication to, you know, put my penis in there. Um, so, and then it would relieve any pain that was occurring. That's interesting because as we were having this conversation, it's called the, you, and it was kind of interesting, like you and Chris were talking about it and you had said like, oh, you stuck your penis in the purple medicine. Yeah, he had, he did the exact same thing. It was funny. He had the exact same issue. So I guess it's fairly common. I guess he said it was from like calcium buildup in the, in the foreskin or salt or something from sweat. And if you don't clean properly there, it presents issues. So I don't, know, I don't remember exactly um, what the doctor said, but... Yeah, so we were sitting at a social distance campfire the other day, and we were sitting with an MD, and we were talking about it, and, what, you know, and we're going to get into this, but just, like, the excruciating pain of having a circumcision and performing them, and he actually said, I do not perform those in my practice because it's just so brutal. I mean, it sounds, we're going to get into that story, but, but you, so you're six or seven and your, your mom takes you to the doctor. The doctor says, just stick your penis in this like medication and it's, the pain's going to stop. Yeah. And he said, do it for like once a day for X amount of time. I think it was like a week or two and it would go away. And so I did, and it went away. And every time, if it ever came back, I'd go back and use the medicine. Um, and I, it went away after a while. I never had that issue again. But then it all got, and this is where it gets complicated. So you're six or seven, not knowing what's going on. I mean, like little boys get erections, but it's not like your penis has started to really grow. Right. So when you're getting into puberty and you notice your penis is growing, I mean, there's only so much room in there. Right. And so when did you start to notice, like, what was that experience as you were getting older, like as you were hitting puberty and getting into like masturbation, like you started to masturbate and all those things. So I don't remember exactly what age, uh, but, you know, eventually you start getting erections. And what I noticed um, as that was happening, maybe it was like 9, 10, maybe, maybe 8. I don't remember exactly the age. But my for I couldn't push a full, uh, put my foreskin, foreskin back. It was uh, fused to the top of uh, the head of my penis. 
So I assumed, oh, this might be normal. I didn't know anything different. Um, so I said, okay. So, um, so for the folks out there, the parents, like it's important to have these conversations with your kid because what's happening to your kids is they're saying this is not normal, right? Like something is not normal with me. And like when you're a teenager and you're going through like masturbation, right? When you start to masturbate, you're already feeling a lot of shame and things like that on top of it. Like, I mean, I'm sure like the stories like saying, Hey mom, when I get a boner, right? Like what is that? What was that experience? Like having to work through that? Well, I couldn't go and have a conversation with my mom or dad and say, hey, whenever I try to masturbate, my, you know, it presents problems because my foreskin is fused to the top of, to the head of my penis. So you could not say yeah. that to your mom, like, hey, mom, like my fore. And did you even have the words for it? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how I would say that in Armenian, really. Um, I don't know how to say foreskin. I don't know how to say foreskin in Armenian, for example. Oh my God. Like there's not even a word for it. So you speak Armenian and Russian, right? No, not Russian. Not Russian. Just Armenian. See, I can never tell what's being spoken around here. I only know cha and like, I don't know. I try to do, like, I don't know whether what I'm speaking is Armenian, whether I'm speaking, like, I, whether there are, people are speaking Russian, but now I know. So did your parents speak English? Uh, my parents do speak English now, um, just because they interact, um, based on their jobs with people of, they have to speak English, right? Because they interact with the public, uh, but they didn't speak English very well back then. And mostly we spoke Armenian inside the house. I learned English from school. Sure. And, you know, I never had the opportunity to go to Armenian school when I was a kid because I lived in, well, I lived all over. I used to live in Redlands, California. So uh, that's a big, long story. It's in my memoir that is in the Library of Congress, if you'd like to pick that up. But anyhow, um, so you don't even know the word for foreskin. No, no, I didn't. I didn't know anything, any words that were sex related. Because they weren't talking about sex. Right. right. I didn't know what, I didn't know how to say condom in Armenian. I didn't know, you know, anything really. Like, I don't know how to say clitoris. I don't know how to say anything. Well, so what did you call your penis? What, what, like, did you know the word penis? Yeah, yeah. I, I knew, I know penis. I know like the basics, but I didn't know like specific parts of the penis like how do you say like the how you say foreskin or or testicles or you know i just knew like you know penis language is important people so and some kids don't even know the words right so it's important parents like use proper medical terminology but it probably like your parents might not have known the word there might have been issues of shame and again i want to preface that this is not every man's experience with being circumcised or being intact because there's lots of people that are intact 
and they do not have this problem. But I think this, the, what we're discussing here is this thing of there was something wrong and you would get erect and then you just, so what was masturbation like? Uh, I mean, you figure it out. Uh, you figure out a way where you can without it being painful. Uh, but I, sex was impossible. Just, it was, it was just, it was too painful. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, so you're having this pain and you said that you didn't start masturbating, but like, how old were you when you started masturbating? I, I think I was like ninth grade, uh, maybe summer before ninth grade, but it was a lot later than all my friends. Um, so my friends would talk about it and I'd be like, oh, well, I have, you know, it's, I guess I'm, it's, not, it's not for me. Because it would just be painful. <laughs> so it's just not for me. Well, you know, um, I can't attest to that story. But there was still shame around masturbation. Like, you know, when you were a kid, we were talking about, like, me growing up in a bigger house. And, you know, how it was like, you know, you didn't have much privacy. But I think, you know, ninth grade, that's like 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah, it was much. It was much later. I just remember it being much later than everybody else, mm-hmm. um, and partly it's probably because of my issues uh, with not being circumcised. That you know. So then here's where it gets interesting. So you start to experience kind of pain with erection. Mm-hmm. You m- go into masturbating later on. And then when, so how did you come to the decision to get circumcised? Like what was that Mm -hmm. whole process for you like? Well, I became sexually active um, around 18 and it was just every time I had sex, it was just excruciatingly painful. Um, because it was, I don't know how to describe it. It was like w- the motion of sex. It was just like trying peeling my skin back. Um, like, like ripping off skin. Ri- oh my God. So you were like, felt like your penis was ripping off. And was that the like, skin was like, the skin, it almost felt like the skin that was attached, fused onto the head of my penis was being like ripped off. Um, because it was attached. It was like. You know, I don't know how it got fused together, but it was, um, and it was excruciatingly painful. And I, and I just dealt with it for years until I said, you know, that enough's enough. You, you sound enough was enough. So when did, how old were you when you had that conversation with your doctor? I think it once I, I was twenty one. Um, I was twenty one and. So you went from like 12, you probably started having erections around 10 to 21. That's 11 years of dealing with like Mm -hmm. every, and it's probably like sex was not enjoyable. Like, were you avoiding sex? Uh, I wasn't avoiding it, but I wasn't trying to have sex either, if that makes sense. I wasn't like, you know, I should have been, right? Because I still... I still had the urge to have sex, right? I, I was still, 
And my it's not like my libido went down. And you're like, oh no, my penis is gonna start feel like it's like skin's being ripped apart on my penis. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly how it felt. It was just painful. Wow. So you're 21 years old. I'm, yeah, I'm 21 years old. Um, so I finally went and went to go see a doctor. I said, enough's enough. Let me figure this out. I can't live the rest of my life this way. And so... You essentially said, my body, my choice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you go to your doctor. Like something had to... You just didn't go, Who? I think I'm going to go get circumcised today. No, I think it was uh, my girlfriend at the time. Um, we had just had sex, and it was like one of the most painful experiences. And so I said, you know, I, my, I, I, it was the last straw, kind of like, you know, I need to go get this fixed or checked out or something must be able to be done. I thought it was going to be a quick procedure where it's like in, in the doctor's office, they can, you know, take a little scissor and you know, snip up. But So you thought that they were just going to like – take scissors and like oh my god like (laughs) that's not the so you were a turtle right intact you were a turtle and then so what did your doctor say so the doctor looked at my penis tried to pull the foreskin back and he said look you you have we need to do an operation here um we need to you know you need to you need to come in on a different day we need to put you to sleep and you know because your skin's fused you have veins blood vessels that are fused together onto onto the head of your penis this isn't you know me going and getting a scalpel and like you know cleaning this up it's it's an operation that needs to be done right so they put the 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 did they give you an iv mm-hmm. so do you remember the date I don't remember the date. Uh, I just remember it, me going in for like a couple of hours uh, to get this procedure done. And they put you to sleep. And so you went to sleep as a turtle and woke up as a snake. <laughs> it's like the, you know, how a moth, right? Like yeah. the moth becomes, does the butterfly become a moth or the moth becomes a butterfly or no it's the caterpillar caterpillar. so you went in as a caterpillar and you walked out as a butterfly yeah yeah but uh, it wasn't it wasn't that easy because it was all bandaged up um the recovery process was long too so okay we're gonna talk about the recovery process so so you're sitting there it's a day in they put you to sleep caterpillar to butterfly you walk out and probably you weren't feeling anything now what did the girl that you were dating at the time what what did she like was she supportive of that she didn't care either way she whatever whatever made me feel good right um just the the recovery process was more difficult on the relationship because uh there were stitches involved and so it was very painful whenever i got an erection and what people don't re- realize is that you get like six to seven erections a night from just sleeping yes you know i remember when i was like 12 right and i had a wet dream and i woke up and i was like 
wow, that was like a, a roller coaster ride, you know? And then I wonder what it never happened. I only had one once when I was a kid. But anywho, I digress. So wet dreams, you know, for all the parents out there, absolutely normal, right? Um, so yeah. You wake up with an erection, right? That's one of the things I ask when I'm, like, doing an evaluation is, like, do you wake up with an erection? And so it was, so if the head of your penis, if this is the head of your penis, and here would be, like, underneath the head of the penis. So imagine my finger, folks, and where, so point at where it, um where you felt uh where they had did the incision well the skin was like right here okay it was attached so i couldn't even pull back from right there sure and so they did the incision there and then now it's you know it's a regular so if you looked at your finger and there's those two lines your index finger and so did they cut all the way down below the head of the penis y- yes yes so uh that line it was right at that line is where they, well, they, they made the initial cut in, on the head of the penis where it was fused, um, and then they stitched up right where that first line is on your index finger. Sure, and I've seen penises like that where there's like skin between the urethra and like hair, and it's like, wow, that's interesting. It's probably because of the way the circumcision was done. Right. Right, so there's different types of circumcision. I think it's different when you do it as a child than as an adult, um, as you know, we'll get into later. We are going to talk <laughs> about that. It is a nightmare, and it is a nightmare experience, right? And I wish I had, I wish I could have interviewed him well before I went back, but we're going to relay the message um, that he had given. It was, uh, I wouldn't... Anywho, so they do the surgery, and you're, like, every time you get an erection, your penis is, like, what does it feel like? Well, it would, the skin that was fused onto the top of the head of penis would be stretched, so it would be painful, right? And then during sex, when, you know, you're going, you know, the motion. You were trying to have sex after the circumcision? No, no, this is before. After circumcision, there was a six-week period uh, where the, you couldn't. It was it was extremely painful every time I got an erection just because the stitches. The stitches, sometimes I would bleed, right? Um, the stitches would fall apart or something. Uh, so I couldn't, even getting a, an erection was painful. I would wake up in the middle of the night um, from a random erection I would get in my sleep just because of the pain it would cause with the stitches uh, and that being spread. And so. Sorry for the interruption, folks. Bob Noodle is trying to make his appearance on the. So if you hear a little cat meowing, he's in the room and he doesn't like it. But he's been hanging out here for the last two weeks. Peter, will you let him out? Because he just maybe give it. But if you open up the door, he's not He's not going to go. Okay, just don't worry about it. He can cry for the rest of the, I love you, I love you, Bob. So anyways, so every time you woke up, your penis was hurting. And what did it feel like again? Uh, so if you've ever gotten, you know, a cut and you need stitches, it was somebody trying, it felt like somebody was, 
of reopening that wound. Because when you get an erection, your penis stretches and it becomes, you know, your skin stretches out. So every time it would stretch out, it would hurt. Because again, it's like somebody, you get stitches on whatever your arm, and I come in and try to open that wound again with the stitches. It's going to be painful. Did the stitches ever break? It, they did. They did. And it caused bleeding. Um, whenever it, would, it happened one night where I woke up and um, there was blood on my underwear. Uh, so I had to, you know, rinse off and, you know. But uh, the stitches were supposed to, you know, naturally dissolve. Over time, there's stitches that actually naturally dissolve where I didn't have to go in and get the stitches out. But then you had to go in for a checkup, like for your doctor to examine your your Peter, Peter, mm-hmm. and and for them to say you are now a new creature. Yeah, that happened a couple of weeks after surgery, where I went in and the doctor checked to make sure everything was okay, um, and it was fine. It was just the stitches were taking a little bit longer. Again, just because of the erections, are taking a little bit longer to heal. Um, so after after they healed, after about a month, month and a half, I was I was fine. So let me ask you this. So, and we're gonna get to this thing about like circumcising babies, but if you had children, mm-hmm. a son, right? Would you? not circumcise him or would you circumcise i mean after listening to uh that our doctor friend of ours i don't think i would but i would i would need to have those conversations about cleanliness and how to take care of your your penis really um so for you like so before you heard his presentation over the campfire so i'm just gonna we're gonna dive in so we're sitting at a social distancing. There's like mosquitoes and rats, right? They have like a little rat like that lives in the hood. And what else do they have? Like, I mean, there's like palm trees. It's so nice out. And all of a sudden I was, he is a family medicine doctor. So he deals with from the cradle to the grave right and he's been doing a ton of work and and we just had this conversation about circumcision and i asked him about his experience with uh circumcising babies and he said i will never do that again i had i did it when i was in residency and i said well what what if somebody comes in and they want you to do it and he says no and uh, he explained it, right? And do you remember, do you want to go through and I'll add in, so. Yeah, so the way he described it was apparently to take some kind of machine that stretches out. So first, before they get the machine uh, like hooked up, right, They, um, the parents will say, you know, like he talked about like the rest, like penile cancer, which is very rare. What else did, was there, there were other things such as STI increase, but he's, you know, but what was, do you remember what the number one thing that he said was kind of like the reason why, you know, like the only real reason today why people should get circumcisions, like, 
you know, which is not a real reason for people to get circumcisions. He's, he's, it's very rare, but he said less than 1% of people get this. But you get infections down there if uh, potentially if you're not circumcised, but that's no longer an issue with the advancements in medicine today. Sure, we're talking about, like, it's not a necessary practice. And so, I mean, parents need to have those conversations. Like, you have a penis. It would be the same thing with, like, women and, like, teaching them. Like, you know, I'm sure there's certain things that, you know, women need to, like, wiping, you know, not from the back to the front, but the front to the back, right? But parents teaching their children having those conversations but then he said they get out the like parents will just say nope i want a circumcision and then i mean i i i need to like watch a youtube video but i don't want to be on a registry but i would like to actually see the procedure so um so he explains it as they roll out the machine and then so uh, well he did say that there is a possibility when they're performing these circumcisions that if they do it incorrectly that the baby will no longer ever have function a functioning penis that oh yeah so he was saying like you know your child could not have an erection i mean he was explaining it and it makes sense like if you've seen an infant's penis it is like the size of like not even the size of like my type of i mean it is small folks and some man or woman doctor is like pulling back the foreskin and the whole thing is is the child's awake during this, I mean, it's a nightmare. So he's sitting there and he's saying, oh, the risk of getting the erection is, is that your child could never have an operating penis, right? Like an erection. It could have erectile issues later on. But people just say, they just sign on the dotted line, right? And so again, it's all about like, parents are the consent violation hers of their children so anyhow so he's saying that they roll out the machine and then do you remember what he said afterwards yeah so they put they strap them into this machine uh they strap their hands they strap their feet so imagine like the what's that cross the saint andrew's cross that they have at these like leather bars And this kid, they have the arm. I mean, imagine. So what I thought of was I thought of like, um, okay, Bob, we know that you're here. We're doing this in the bedroom. So um, I think of like the, like, I mean, imagine there's this light that's in your baby's eyes, right? And then their arms are like being held down by Velcro. And then there's this doctor that's trying to like cut off the foreskin. But then he explains like, I mean, th- so it's just totally, and parents don't see this. So anyhow, go on. So once the baby is strapped in, um, they bring out this other machine that stretches out the foreskin until he said it was until it's paper thin, where it's just so thin. It's like, Oh, yeah, because he said you can, like, see through it. Folks, like, come on. Like, 
their body their choice, right? Let's let's start teaching consent at a young age. I mean, imagine somebody taking your skin, pulling it up, and like stretching it, and this thing. And I'm sure that the little little guy, right? So he's like sitting there, right? And then yeah, and the baby's wailing the entire time because um, they don't give them any kind of you know. Oh yeah, they're not like putting them to sleep. Your kids like experiencing this trauma so on and so forth and then so long story short they go in and cut off the penis and yes your kid is not having erections at that age but in the end of the day do you really want to have that trauma i do not right but guys that have the problems that you experienced like but what is that like for you that your parents didn't make that choice for you if they had gone into and there was this issue and there was this constant conversation like why what do you think that it would have been um a different type of conversation uh i i think uh with me i mean i was forced to get the procedure based on my medical issues and I think some of them, those medical issues were caused by the lack of conversations I had with my parents. If I had those conversations about, you know, making sure I um, pull the foreskin back and clean properly, maybe I wouldn't have that issue in the future, right? Again, parents, it's important to have these talks with your kids, right? Because they don't know what's going on. And when they're walking through life, and especially when you're hitting puberty and you're getting like pubic hair, I mean, I can only imagine like my biggest concern was getting an erection in the locker room, right? Like my biggest erection was like, I mean, now kids can just go look on Pornhub and there's like a million like, you know, ways in which they can compare themselves and, but we had, you know, any dirty mags, right? Magazines. But I think the thing is, is that the experience is, is that the there's not these conversations. So you kind of have said, like, you don't know maybe if you did or didn't, you know, have this. I mean, this is the story, folks. And so, but are you glad that you were able to kind of make that choice for yourself yeah i was i was happy um and that that choice wasn't made for me um that i i experienced both sides of it um you do lose some sensitivity when you have a circumcised penis i know i didn't want to be circumcised right like i like if i had to be i would rather be intact so like what do you mean by sensitivity like do you was it like like what was that like for you so when the head of your penis is covered and it's not exposed to the outside world it's not you know then you're gonna you're gonna be more sensitive to touch and to feel the head of the penis penises at least so when you're intact um you could uh, uh pull the foreskin back and when your head have the penis touches something it's going to be more sensitive to it but when it's not intact when you're circumcised it's constantly you know even in your pants you're you know it's hitting your underwear you're hitting you know it's already it's always in, in touching something so you're going to lose sensitivity over time does that make sense? So, if, you know, there's a... So, and I agree with that. Guys, 
wear some underwear if you're wearing jeans, right? Like, you know, let's protect our sensitivity. But I would say that, like, men, because there is kind of a covering, right? As you are, like, covered when you are a caterpillar, and then when you turn into a, you know, a snake or a butterfly, it all starts to to make sense. And, okay. So, Peter, is there any other words that you want to leave us with? I feel like we're ending that end of the episode where the music's going to start coming in. Uh, no, the only thing I'd leave you with is uh, make sure to have these conversations, parents, with your children. Um, there's no sa- subject that should be taboo, sex-related. And uh, let them make their own choices, especially with foreskin. I love it. My body, my choice. Hashtag, let's teach it. Ladies, let's start when they're young with your male children, right? Like parents, let's teach consent from the age and give people choices, right? Um, Because we do kind of anyhow. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I've been getting some really interesting questions. And I'm going to answer those next time. But I also might be doing a flight episode on the way back. So, and with the boys, we're going to sedate them. It's going to be very nice that we need to put their food up because it's about that time. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Please feel free to share. Please feel free to share the word and just let your communities know about Talk Sex with Deck. Um, again, thank you, DJ Chauncey D and Van Hector for letting us use 53 Christopher Street. We sure do. I do appreciate it. And thank you to all my international lovers out there all the way across the pond. We love you. So, all right. Well, until next time, take care of yourself and love those who may need a little extra. So, Again, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you have been listening to Talk Sex.